0: This is a special edition of Late Night Health. I'm Mark Allen. We're going to take a look at sinus congestion and allergies and other ENT issues with Dr. Jonathan Wiggenhorn. He is an osteopathic doctor based in Phoenix, Arizona. ENT, let's let's first define what that is. Ear, nose, and throat. Uh, That's your specialty. Tell us about that.
1: Great. Great. Well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate that. Sure. Um, Otolaryngology. It's actually otorhinolaryngology, um, which is basically focusing on the diseases of the ears, nose, and throat. Um, It seems like you would run out of things with only uh, three organs to look at, but actually there's a slew of disorders that we have that we treat. We also, uh, I'm also, um, board certified in head and neck surgery, so that includes all the um, head and neck um, abnormalities, thyroid disorders, parathyroid um, cancers of the head and neck, and stuff like that. So,
0: right, uh, the, the 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 nose is, you know, I guess what we're going to concentrate on today, and the ears. Uh, you know, if you can't breathe, you die. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's true. right. It's all well, the
1: ABCs, airways first. So breathing is yeah, very important. Yes.
0: Yeah, it, it really is. And right now with uh, COVID-19, a lot of people, you know, they're checking their breathing because apparently one of the effects is to is to uh, affect the lungs and your breathing capability. Yes. Uh, have, have you seen anything or read anything or heard anything about that? regarding you know just general health
1: Uh, well regarding COVID-19 it does affect the lungs uh, significantly that's why we've had um, people that when they get really sick they're needing ventilators and it puts them into uh, acute respiratory distress syndrome or ARDS um, and gives them difficulty breathing Uh, that gives them difficulty breathing Um, Some studies that I've been reading and it's been circulating in the ENT community is that the COVID-19 virus is highly concentrated in the nasopharynx and the throat, which is nasopharynx is the the portion in the back of the nose. So that has really, um, you know, impacted our specialty because that's where we spend most of our time in the nose and throat you just took out two of our three main <laughs> areas so um, you know that's why we've gone to telemedicine the American Academy of Otolaryngology has recommended that we do telemedicine um, unless it's an emergent issue uh, what would an emergency be so anything that um, is going to you know cause or intractable pain uh, a newly diagnosed uh, cancer that can cause airway problems, um, an, an infection that if you don't intervene is gonna worsen the patient, like an abscess, anything that would cause cosmetic, permanent cosmetic deformity, some sort of facial trauma, something like that. Those are the main things. The,
0: uh, the, the, you live in Phoenix and I live in Southern California and both areas are well known for allergies and sinus problems. And I think you said you grew up here in Southern California and have had allergy uh, pretty much all your life. Yeah. Um, What are some of the common things that people use to, 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 to overcome this situation? I mean, I know there, you know, there's allergy shots. There are, there are neti pots, which I could never figure out because I get it all over me. (laughs) Uh, Right, Uh, hold the nose, hold the it's right. Uh, Then there are a lot of over the counter drugs and I do wanna talk about two specific ones in a moment. But are allergies really common uh, in these two
1: areas where you live, where I live? Um, They are very common. Um, You know, I did grow up in Southern California. I've lived in Michigan, North Carolina, and then I've been here for 10 years. And um, speaking about Phoenix uh, and Southern California, um, we get a lot of sunshine. That's why a lot of people want to live here. And right. with sunshine, what's that? Play golf. Absolutely. I mean, I've played more golf in the last two weeks than I have in two years. <laughs> um, but um, because the sun's always shining, something's always blooming. And we are living in areas that people from all over the country have moved to. And when they move, they bring their plants. And um, so a lot of the things that grow like in Phoenix are not native to the Phoenix area. And so something is always blooming, something, the sun is always shining the majority of the time. And especially in the desert areas, we have no humidity and we very little. Um, and with no humidity, there's nothing to trap the pollen to bring it to the ground. So therefore it's constantly up in the air. And and that's in the air. It's we're breathing it, and we're suffering from it. So, do,
0: do most people have allergies,
1: or is uh, it a small percentage of the population? No, it's it's a actually quite high percentage. Up to sixty seventy percent of people can have allergies, and even then, it's a spectrum. Right? It could be severe to mild, um, and a lot of people have allergy type symptoms but don't actually have allergies. They can have non allergic rhinitis rhinitis is basically inflammation of the nose that can cause nasal congestion drainage uh, facial pain and pressure and stuff like that decreased sense of smell and then you know we get those patients in our office all the time this is what i do we do an allergy test and it's normal and they look at me like your allergy test wasn't correct and i'm like yes it was you don't have allergic rhinitis you have non-allergic rhinitis and that can be due like i said to from dust, uh, smog, pollutants, change in weather, barometric changes, change in temperature, going from hot to cold. Um, laying yep. flat can cause someone's nose to plug up. They get up in the morning, walk around, their nose is fine. So, you know, stuff like that.
0: Uh, one of the uh, the things that, that uh, hit me just now would be dust
1: mites in, um, in the desert, right?
0: Uh, well, and dust mites are everywhere. everywhere.
1: Yeah. Yeah, those mites are everywhere. That is an allergy, um, and that really goes into another. The first line of allergy treatment is avoidance. There's some things you just can't avoid. You walk outside, you're you're you know, even though our neighbor is uh, growing. Um, you know, um, has a mesquite tree and it doesn't have a mesquite tree in your, in your front yard, your neighbor two miles away does, and guess what? You're still affected, or because or of the, the pollen, you know, yeah. yeah, and and the grasses that get reseeded on the golf courses, or you know, we're all affected. Um, are there a lot of olive trees in oh yeah, mm-hmm, so yeah I used to live near Olive Tree Farm. Oh, actually. my, yeah, they grew them mm-hmm. and. Them. They they grow everything here, and then they ship them all over the country. Right,
0: so, <laughs> right, exactly. Um, Did the olive trees drive you nuts? Was I am highly allergic to olive
1: trees, yes.
0: But I, I do love loves. olives. I love olives, yes. Right, I do love olives. Uh, our guest is Dr. Uh, Jonathan Wiggenhorn from uh, Australia ENT in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. And we're talking about allergies, and we will be talking about I guess a revolutionary process that uh, Dr. Wiggenhorn uh, uh, does uh, sinu uh, balloon sinuplasty, and we'll be doing that in just a couple of moments. I wanted to get some background first of, about you know what we can do. I mentioned you know let's talk about a couple of, of drugs. They're over counter versions of both Benadryl and Sudafed. Is there a place for that with people who have allergies?
1: Um, there is a place for it. Um, backing up a little bit to the first line of treatment is avoidance. So, uh, And you, you mentioned dust mites earlier. Um, you, get, you have to think of your bedroom as like the holy grail. You want to keep pets out of the bedroom. You want to keep doors shut. You want to use a, a HEPA filter. You want to change your pillows every six months, wash your sheets in hot water, Uh, weekly. Um, And once avoidance is done and you're still having issues, um, then there's a couple different things that we start patients on. Typically, the first line of treatment for nasal congestion and drainage would be um, something benign or something that's not medicated like nasal irrigation. And you mentioned the neti pot. And the pot, sometimes you do have to be really skilled and balanced and be able to stand on one foot and upside down. But there are different you know, um, I, I really like, it's called a Neal Med, um bottle and has just a simple bottle that you just lean over the sink and you, you squeeze, it goes up one side and out the other and it really is a good way to um, wash out the nasal cavity. Um, I was a general surgery resident for a couple of years and we used to say when we were treating infections, the solution to pollution is dilution. Well, the more you get out of your nose, the less your body's fighting against it. So- no, wait,
0: Say that one again.
1: The solution to pollution is dilution. Uh Aha. So. So you dilute,
0: the more you irrigate. Can you do that several times a day?
1: Yes, um, you can do it up to two to three times a day. I wouldn't say much more is needed. Um, I would tell you that after I do surgery on patients, I have them do it about four times a day for, you know, four to six weeks. But, um, it's very helpful, especially if you just went out and mowed the grass, or you just, you know, came in from a dusty area, just to get all that out of the out of your nose. So. Right, help your body just uh, fight against the pollen.
0: And then, what about over-the-counter uh, uh, allergy meds? I mean, every other uh, every other uh, commercial right now is or was for uh, you know a major uh, product. Uh, and and then there are are, are generics of those uh, that are available as well. How do you feel about those, and do they
1: work? The the first thing that um, I typically put patients on is an intranasal steroid spray, like a uh, Flonase, Nasacort, Nasanex, um, and I you know they work well and they are very safe. Um, they're over the counter. They have been for I think probably four to five years now, if not, uh, maybe a little less. Um, Very little of that is systemically absorbed. So the majority of it stays in the nose. And the thing that people have to realize with that nasal spray is that you don't get the full effect until you use it for about a week. So I have a lot of people give up because it's not like Afrin or a nasal decongestant, which works immediately. And that nasal spray nasal decongestant, afrin, neosinephrine, those are ones you do not want to be on, uh, on a daily basis. Three days max and that's it because you can actually form an addiction to it. So and need, the, uh,
0: uh, I'm remembering a word that a doctor gave me once, rebound.
1: That's exactly right. So inside our nasal cavity, we have turbinates. Turbinates humidify and clean the air we breathe the turbinates, the inferior turbinates, the ones on the bottom actually swell with blood. And they do so, so that when we breathe in air through our nose, it warms it up to our body temperature before it goes into our lungs. Well, those can really get swollen in response to allergies, like we talked about, dust, mug pollutants, infections, right. and the um, afrin and neosinephrine are very potent vasoconstrictors. So they take those blood vessels and they shrink them down. So you get an almost an immediate effect and are able to breathe through your nose like you've always wanted to, but when it wears off, those vessels will dilate to even greater than they were before, so it gets worse. So instead of using it every 12 hours, you go to every 10 hours and then eight hours and then, and then finally it's in your pocket and you're using it all the time. Oh boy! And so that's why you want to stay away from that. And what about the uh,
0: the uh, the pills? Are those? Is that the next uh, the next step uh, in 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 taking care of, uh, of you know uh, nasal congestion that is constant?
1: Uh, yes, yeah, so it would be an antihistamine. And one of the first phases in our body's response to something we aller- we're allergic to is to release histamine. And that is what's going to cause itchy GI sneezing, runny nose, uh, nasal congestion. So we want to take an antihistamine. Some of the more popular ones um, are Claritin, Allegra, Zyrtec, Zizol. Some of those uh, actually have uh, uh, generics now too, don't they? Um, they all have generics, yes. And those are the same medications now that you can get over the counter that used to be by prescription. Um, for the most part, they are very safe. I personally have taken one every day for I don't know as long as I can remember. It, I have such. Well, you're long. only
0: about you're only 24 years old. So <laughs> how long could it oh, be?
1: God bless you. I, the camera's <laughs> working miracles here. So um, yeah, no, I've taken it a long time. So um, yeah, that that the nasal the nasal irrigation, nasal steroid spray, and antihistamine is very routine to have patients just get them up to speed, and from there. I then dictate, you know, what else needs to be done.
0: As as we've talked, I I try to stay away from big pharma drugs and and use uh, botanicals or herbal re- remedies. And I found a couple that really work for me. They turn out to be more expensive sometimes than a general uh, than even a, a, a generic uh, a big pharma drug. And and they don't quite last as long. Uh, are there any problems with some of these? You you mentioned those before we started. Yeah.
1: So everyone's different, and some of those work great for people. And you know, um, naturopaths know much more about botanicals than I do. But I do know, and it's from personal experience because I've tried a few along the way, is that a lot of those are made out of botanicals or made out of plants, right? right? Made out of things that and sometimes you can actually feel worse when taking it because you're allergic to it. Oh my. Yeah, so, um, you know, and there's not really a lot of tests out there that, um, uh, you know, we don't test for um, thistle and other, other, you know, like I said, it'd be a naturopath to talk to you about that, but um, I can tell you that um, things like mentholatum or peppermint or something like that has been known to give us a feeling of being able to breathe better through our nose. It doesn't actually make it better, but it makes oh. us feel like we're breathing better through our nose. So um, just like a small peppermint oil, or that's why mentholatum works, right? right? Underneath the nose, so you get that that feeling that your nose is just opening up and- My Dad used to give us Vicks and- Exactly. Right? right. Yeah. Yours too. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm talking about. So, you know, who cares if it does or doesn't as long as you feel like it does, right? I was going to ask, are there any downside to that? No, no. I mean, you know, VIX, Vicks, what VIX Vicks unfortunately has done is mixed that with a bunch of, with the afrin and neosinephrine. So you right. have to be very careful that you're not taking something that's not good for you. But just, uh, you know, herbal remedies or remedies like that are fine. I see no problem with it.
0: However, if you have a very severe congestion problem daily, um, causing severe headaches, causing uh, causing you to miss work, um, there's a, a, a revolutionary new uh, a procedure. It's not surgical. Can you tell us about that and what it's called?
1: Yeah. So that's called uh, balloon sinuplasty or balloon sinus dilation. And what that is for is for people that suffer from chronic sinusitis. So chronic sinusitis, by definition, is someone who has a sinus infection for greater than three months that's not responding to multiple antibiotics, intranasal steroid sprays, nasal irrigations, and just about everything else that we talked about. Um, You uh, still have all the symptoms we get a CAT scan and it's full of infection. And um, and what I, I kind of describe it to my patients that what you breathe through is your nasal cavity. That's like the hallway. And then you have rooms around the hallway. Those are your sinuses. And with inflammation, from whether it be from allergies or a cold, the door to those rooms sometimes will swell shut. And when oh. they swell shut, The normal bacteria in our nose can overpopulate and just the inflammation from that infection of the overpopulation or the bacterial infection we now have in our sinuses, that inflammation keeps that door shut. So you'll never, your sinuses will not drain properly like they're supposed to. So what um, we put you on antibiotics and the bacteria count will come down so you start feeling good take you off and the bacteria count goes back up so it's until we restore that natural pathway of the sinuses draining um, it's not until we do that that your sinuses are going to regain proper health so it used to be and we still do it trust me I do traditional sinus surgery as well and mm-hmm. I think I mentioned to you earlier I've had three sinus surgeries myself
0: um, is that how you became an ENT was that one oh, of the that's a long and
1: complicated road? Uh, <laughs> I, I felt like I, it was, a you know, I was definitely in my right spot when I got into the specialty. I got knew it. half of it before I started because I lived through most of it. Um, but, um, it basically traditional science surgery is going in with, um, steel instruments, um, and making a pathway or a debreeder to, um, open up a, wild, a wide hole in the, in the sinuses so that it'll drain. And there's nothing wrong with that. But balloon sinuplasty has come along and I started doing it when I was a resident. And just to, just to give you kind of a very brief evolution, I, we used to do it in the operating room under um, flora, um, um, you know, radiography or um, fluorescence, um, basically the same thing they do for uh, angioplasties in the heart.
0: Which is expanding the the, the the veins or
1: artery the arteries in the heart. It's exactly the same premise. If you, we would stick a guide wire up through, just like you stick a guide wire through the artery. And then over the guide wire, they put a balloon and then they dilate the artery. We put a guide wire in the sinus. We would then have to take a picture with a big um, um, you know, radio frequency machine. And then we'd have to have um, lead on and all this stuff to... To get it just right and we inflate the balloon deflate it and well things have come so far where studies show this is so effective um and you know we started doing it without um uh, radiographic guidance and we started doing it with just lights and then we started doing it in the operating room um you know doing it that way well now i do majority of that in my office and i can do it under oral sedation i can do it and with the patient awake, comfortable, um, minimal. um, Maybe a little Valium or something like that. So we give them some medication to take prior to getting here. Yes, we do give them some uh, Valium, uh, a little bit of pain medication. um, And then um, I have very um, potent um, nasal gels that are numbing agents that I just let sit in the nose for a good 20 minutes. By that time, they're numbed up. I can do injections to kind of give them a block in the nose so they don't feel anything they don't feel the injections and then i do the the balloon sinuplasty
0: how far up do you go i'm curious i mean i'm thinking of my nose right to here i mean do you go up oh yeah everything wow all the way up into all the sinus all the
1: sinuses sphenoid sinus the farthest sinus back we do that i do the frontal sinuses the maxillary sinuses the only sinuses you cannot do with the balloon Sinoplasty are the ethmoid sinuses which are between the eyes and that's because they are not two big rooms They're like a condominium complex or a apartment <laughs> complex. They have a bunch of small tiny rooms So if those are involved, I will do a hybrid technique where I'll do the balloons on the sinuses that I can and then I will do traditional uh, Sinus surgery on the ethmoid sinuses
0: got it and besides uh, Phoenix is one big condominium anyway there are tons of those. Uh, it's like Southern California when I was a kid. So it's, yeah. it looks like here too. Yeah, here too. Uh, our guest uh, is uh, Dr. Uh, Jonathan uh, Wiggenhorn, and uh, from Australia, Estrella, um ENT. And we're talking about something that can really help a lot of people, and it's not. And it's really considered non-invasive, isn't it?
1: Uh, It's considered minimally invasive invasive. the the balloon itself is uh, quite small um, and it does move bone but what we want to do in sinus surgery is we want to spare mucosa that's a real buzzword is mucosal sparing we don't want to cut into the mucosa because that leads to scarring Mm -hmm. so this actually moves uh, opens up the opening the natural opening to the sinus spares mucosa Um, Everything is removed, the balloon does not stay there, there's no stent put there because it's actually moving bone. So the bone has actually been remodeled. Wow. And so then everything can come out and now you have functioning sinuses and healthy sinuses. And they drain. And they drain and it shows that after two years, 90% of patients that go through this, that hole, that opening you've made is still there. Wow, Um,
0: following the procedure, do you feel congested or anything?
1: You will feel congested. Uh, some of it is because of the um, medication that I gave you. Just I give you some medications, kind of like Afrin. We talked right. about that rebound effect, right? Sure. So you'll get a little bit of that, but also just from going in and out of the nose with um, the balloon, with the camera. Um, I also have image guided and image guided system here in the office where. It's kind of like GPS. I can tell exactly where my instruments are within millimeters to um, different structures, which not a lot of doctors have. I also have um, virtual reality um, in the office where I can map out where I want to go before I get there or before I even start the case on the screen and on the computer and then I can just follow it right when I'm in the the patient's nose. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it's really really pretty fucking really cool.
0: Yeah, that's really, really, really neat. Um, I, I really uh, uh, have enjoyed our time together. Uh, what, um, what should people do if they think that this is something they, they, they need? They need to be examined, obviously, by you uh, to, 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 to have this. Is this a common surgery? Is it done throughout the country?
1: Uh, it's it's very, science surgery is very common. Um, to the extent that I do it in the office, not all ENTs feel that comfortable. It's mm-hmm. been a process and evolution for me. I, I mean, I talked to you about how I do some traditional science work and mm-hmm. a balloon. I also do septums in the office, septoplasties, turbinate reductions, nasal polyps, all that stuff. So finding an ENT in your area that feels comfortable doing all those things, um, is important one that does a lot of these cases is important um, and just one you feel comfortable with you know that how you many of can... you done? what's that how many have you done oh goodness 500 plus wow that's a lot yeah
0: yeah that's a lot and it, uh, and it's you're you're perfecting this constantly I mean you've got all of the latest uh, GPS systems for the for the for this to do that and in, the, in the, when, when people have this rearrangement in their sinuses, they don't suffer as much or at all
1: from uh, allergies and congestion? So that's a very good question. And um, the reason it's a good question is because they still can. I mean, I changing someone's anatomy with a balloon is not going to change their physiology. If your DNA is, your DNA is your DNA, regardless of what I move around in your nose. Right. So if you had allergies before, you're going to have allergies still, but your symptoms should be far less because you maybe have more room in your nose for things to swell, for things to expand before you become symptomatic. Your sinuses are not going to become obstructed and get an infection. Um, it can happen, but the rates go significantly down. The frequency of infections go down. We do get an infection, we're able to irrigate out the sinus, suction out the sinus. Um, you know, the, the duration of the infection, if you do get it, is, is much um, uh, shorter. Um, so um, there's definitely an improved quality of life uh, having this done. Um, but I don't tell anyone that it's 100%. Death and taxes, I think, is the only thing. Yeah, right.
0: Um, uh, but it even taxes—they've been moved.
1: Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Wait yeah. a second. Well, so
0: it's only debt.
1: <laughs> I gotta, re, I gotta revise that one. I guess. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I exactly, Doctor. Um, thank you. You are uh, in in all the years that we have done this uh, show. You're uh, one of uh, two, I think, ENTs uh, that we've talked to. So i I've got, I've got to ask you the little boy question. Sure. What is snot for?
1: Uh, snot is an accumulation. Our nose actually makes about a liter of fluid a day. And it is, uh, there to lubricate our mucosa, the lining. We have saliva in our mouth. We have, as you like to call it, snot in our nose. And, uh, it has actually a lot of cells, um, that help that our, um, tissues slough. To get rid of infection, um, we have little hair cells in the sinuses called cilia that are microscopic, and they um, that mucus is secreted by those cells and then carries all the debris and all the uh, stuff we don't want to remain in the sinuses out of the sinuses and then out of our nose. So,
0: all right. So fun. there is a purpose for yeah. or oh, not. Uh, We have uh, uh, the contact information up here on our screen right now. So if you want to, you can get in touch with Dr. Uh, Wiggenhorn. Uh, Give him a call. uh, Check out his website. There's a lot of great information on there. There's even a video on there that you can can, uh, take a look at. And of course, I think we're going to be up there too, so that you'll be able to learn more about uh, this procedure, uh, which I think is uh, fantastic. It's, uh, it's great, it's minimally invasive and uh, and works, so uh, for the most part. Will you come back sometime and talk to us about uh, other other nasal issues? Absolutely. Oh, ears. We gotta talk about ear. Do you oh, do a lot of ear work?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: yeah. what would you like to know? Make my, ear, my <laughs> hearing better. Come on.
1: Uh, well, after I need parenting. a hearing test, and I'll tell you why you're not hearing well, and then I'll give you your choices. Well, um, after all these years
0: of wearing these, okay, they, uh, the ears don't work quite as well. And if you look at latenighthealth.com, uh, we are uh, uh, partially uh, – uh, we, we've been a friend of Signia for a number of years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, because their their hearing aids
1: have helped me. They've literally changed my life. Yeah, uh, And oh, hearing aids are actually very important. Hearing loss has actually uh, been shown to have a link to dementia. Yes. So you do need to, it's not just a, um, you know, it's a, it's a health problem, not just a convenience uh, to hear. So it's very important. So I'm and, glad you brought that up.
0: And you insurance companies out there should pick up the tab for it absolutely
1: absolutely absolutely it's it's uh it's uh, it's sad to go throughout the day and see people that really need it and they they, it's just the financial barrier is too great sometimes it's
0: you know i think a good set is six thousand dollars right now um or so well that's a cars are a little cheaper cheaper than that so shop around yes and now you're allowed to buy them you go to you for the hearing test right Mm mm-hmm and then you can shop and buy them online now. I think that's...
1: You can. That's really... You got to be a little bit careful just because Absolutely. of uh, what model you're getting. A lot of times it's an older model. And so you got to do your homework. But uh, we have audiologists here in the office as well that can uh, help you. Uh, right.
0: Good. All right. Well, uh, this is Late Night Health. I'm Mark Allen. Join us at LateNightHealth.com. And of course, look for us at iTunes, Uh, Google Play, and wherever fine podcasters uh, uh, hang out, you'll find Late Night Health. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye for now.